0: Hopefully you're doing well this morning. Uh, it's a great Sunday, a great summer Sunday. Um, we're going to be in the book of Daniel this morning, Daniel chapter 6. You're probably familiar with that from your days in student, uh, kids ministry and flannel graphs. So we'll get there in just a few short minutes. But what I uh, would love to add, say, I'm going I'm to say a quote here and see if you can guess who said it. The Christian life is easy. It's a breeze. Said no one. Okay, amen? Amen. Right, okay. And so what we need in order to live this life is what we've been talking about all summer. We desperately need the Holy Spirit of God. Because when God left, when Jesus came into the world, told him, you don't understand where I'm going, but it's better for me to go. Because basically what he was saying is, is that the God inside you is better than the God beside you. And so when Jesus lives in our lives, we have an opportunity to do what? To walk in the Spirit, and not only that, but to live in and demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we've been talking about all summer. And it's really two types of faith, two types of faith. There are believers with two types of faith. First, first believer has faith, and their faith is really based on what God can do for him. God is good when he gives them children. God is good when he heals cancer, God is good when he complies with their prayer request, and when God doesn't um, answer their prayer request, or he does something different than what they asked, that shallow faith that they have has been rocked, because it was not rooted in a true faith in Jesus, or has not been processed through the, the Holy Spirit, funnelled through the Holy Spirit. So, so he, Here is another type of believer would say, We believe in God because of who he is, not simply what he will do, but who he is. So you get the diagnosis of cancer and you go, God, I don't understand, but you're faithful. You get the uh, marriage that you really did not want and now you have it and you're hoping that it would change and for some reason it's not. But at the end of the day, you're holding on through the Spirit of the living God. And you're having faith in him to say, God, change, I know you can. Change it, I know you can. And then when the doctor comes to you and says, I don't have a clue what the problem is, but you're unable to have kids, and you get that news of infertility, and that couple struggles, doesn't know what to say, doesn't know what to do, but because of a faith rooted in a God because of who he is, not because of what he does, you simply say, God, you're in charge. And, and what I desperately, and what Jerry and I desperately want for you is that type of faith. More than anything in the world, we want you to have that type of faith to simply say, I am walking with him whatever comes my way. Whatever the diagnosis is this week, whatever the victory is this week, whether it's tragedy, whether it's a gain, whether it's a loss, whether it's pain, whether it's suffering, whatever the case might be, we need the Spirit of God to develop in us the fruit of the Spirit so that when we walk through that pain, we can have unconditional love. When we walk through that pain, we have the joy of the Lord is our strength when we walk through that pain like Emmanuel talked about and the loss of his brother, that the peace of God overcomes us. And like we talked about last week in Mephibosheth and and the kindness and goodness is, is in us and demonstrated through us because of the Spirit. And this morning where we land is a life that is full of faith or what we would say is faithfulness. A life that is full of faith. So this morning, what I, I, I am praying that the, the spirit of the living God will take you know, the words that I say and will just apply them to your heart and my heart, and that at the end of the day, we can sit there and say that, God, my desire is for me to be led by your spirit and for a characteristic of my life to be one that is full of faith in you. And so um, faithfulness is defined Uh, by fidelity or good faith, or as I said, full of faith. It is also unwavering. It is steadfast. William Barclay writes, he breaks down the original Greek word for faith. I'm not gonna use it because I'm gonna mispronounce it, but it says it's common in Greek, secular Greek culture, and the word would mean, a synonym for that would mean trustworthiness. It is the characteristic, he says, of the man who is reliable. Characteristic of the man who is reliable. And so here's, here's, here's where we are right now. We're talking about the fruit of the spirit and, and we've been talking about in order to demonstrate this fruit of the spirit or for our lives to be characteristic of that, it's very important that we realize what John 15 says and I remind you of it, that it says when we are abiding in Christ, we will bear what kind of fruit? Much, we will bear much fruit. So uh, and apart from me, you can do nothing And and I want your life, and I want my life, and I want it to be full of fruit because of the spirit of the living God that is working in us. And so specifically speaking, as I said, we're going to take a look at the life that is full of faith or faithfulness, and it is simply faithfulness, is simply a work of God through the spirit of God in the people of God. That's really what it is. It is the, the work of God through the spirit of God in the people of God. And that's what I want desperately for your life to look like as a life that is full of faith in King Jesus and um, Daniel chapter six. Daniel specifically is gonna help us really get there to define it this morning. And so when we take a look at the book of Daniel, a lot of us immediately, especially Daniel chapter six, we automatically run to Daniel in the lion's den and we go, oh, Daniel went in and Daniel came out. And wow, that's awesome. And the flannel graph shows us this. And we have all of those pictures. But, but what I want us to do really to give us a bigger picture of the faithfulness of this individual. And so that would spur us on to the same type of faithfulness through the spirit of God. Is that we would look at one verses 1 through 22. Not just 21 and 22. Where Daniel goes into the lion's den and we know he comes out. So let's do a little background before we get to the text, and then we're going to read the whole text, and we're going to pick it apart together. Here's, what it, here's what's going on. We know that um, the, the Jews, Jerusalem, was, ca- was captured by the, uh, by the Babylonians and brought into Babylonian captivity. Part of the, some of the people that were brought into Babylonian captivity were four people that I know you know the names of, and it's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those four individuals were looked at among the king as having great um, power, great ability. The Bible says they were good looking, they were handsome. And so what they were doing is they took those four individuals and elevated them in the pagan world of Babylon, uh, meaning the biggest city in the Babylonian empire. And so here comes Daniel. Daniel let's make sure we understand that Daniel is 15 years old when he comes into the city. So he's in Jerusalem, he's living there, worshiping God, unbelievably committed to God, loves God, worships God, all of a sudden brought into a very polytheistic culture. Daniel being very monotheistic, there is one God, there was no other God before me, and he serves him, worships him, and is committed. Comes into a very pagan and polytheistic culture with a lot of temptations that are all around. That's where he finds himself at 15 years old. And then what we do is we jump over to chapter six, and that's really gonna help us sort of frame today's message on the, the issue of faithfulness. And hopefully, this example can be a great encouragement to us. So, what I wanna do is I'm going to allow us to really capture the whole text, is to, we're gonna read this together. Uh, a lot of verses, but they're on the screen, and hopefully you have your devices because I see the glow on your face. Verse 3, here says, then this Daniel became distinguished above all other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So we got a pagan city, and we have a Jewish boy who's coming in, and he's being said, you're going to take over the king looks at Daniel, sees something in him, and says, you're going to take over. He's a man at this time. He's actually 80 years old. Verse 4 says this, then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel. Daniel with Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men who said, we shall find We shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of God. Now, are you seeing some similarities between Jesus right now? That's not really the focus of the message necessarily, but I wanna let you know something, that Daniel is an instrument for you and I to understand what faithfulness is, but also you need to understand that Jesus is a better Daniel. Don't forget that. Keep going. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king so here's a big trap that's coming, and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. Verse 7, all the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps and the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. So, Verse 10 says this, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper room, upper chamber, opened them toward Jerusalem, got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Verse 11, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Verse 13, Then they answered and said before the king Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah? Pay, pays no attention to you, O oh king, or the injunctions you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Now, when I had younger kids at home, we called that a tattletale. Okay, that's what's going on right now. Uh oh, we found out he's a tattletale. Okay, so now we're going now. Verse fourteen. When the, then the king, when they heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till sun went down to rescue him. 15, then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, King, know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be judged, changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. Verse 17, a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. Very familiar, if you will see. And the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to the palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then a break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Verse 22, my God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Last verse, verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no harm, no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And so here we have the text all laid out. We've seen it from beginning to end. You know what's going on. We're all reminded of this. Maybe it's very familiar to you. Many of you it is. And maybe some of you it's not very familiar. But the first thing that I want to see to you when we take a look at a life full of faith or faithfulness, and we're defining it this morning as a life full of faith, the first thing that I want to, see, I want to show you is that in this text we have a picture of faithfulness. It's found in verse 3, verse 4, and verses, in verse, chapter 1, verse 8. And let me make sure that we understand this point. I did not write this point as the picture of faithfulness. I wrote this point as a picture of faithfulness. Because Daniel, like you and like me, is a sinner that's been saved by God. And we need to understand that we look through the lens that he is not some superhero. But that he serves a living God. And what I want us to do is I want us to take a look at verse 3, just one more time, what these folks see about him. So Daniel is 80 years old when this situation takes place. The king is going to take him and make him governor, and all of the other guys that are in Babylon are like, we are not going to let this Jew right here, we're not letting him take over and be the leader. It's not going to happen. So we're going to come up with some trumped-up charges And we're going to try to figure it out, but here's what they say in verse 3. Here is a picture of faithfulness, and this is what it says in verse 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all other high officials, because an excellent spirit was in him. Jump down to verse 4 again. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault, because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. And so if you were to look over to chapter one, verse eight, I don't have that on the screen. I apologize for that. You can flip over there, scroll over there, or whatever you can do. But here's what it says. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food, with the wine that he drank. So here's what I need to let you know. At 15 years old, he's come into a pagan culture. He's introduced to some things, and he says, no, I am going to serve God. I'm gonna be faithful to him. That's at 15. We come over here, he's 80 years old. There's some trumped up charges. They're looking and investigating his life. And at 80 years old, what do they see? He is faithful. There is no error. There is no fault in him. Because what is taking place right now for you and for me is to take a look that God is giving us a picture of sustained faithfulness, And sometimes in our lives right now, we have moments of faithfulness. But when we have the spirit of God that is living in us and is on us, then we're able to take those moments of faithfulness and stretch them out into a life of faithfulness. And Daniel is given us a beautiful picture of someone who is hanging on in the midst of very tough situations. He is a picture of, of faithfulness to us. And the beautiful thing, as I said, I, I actually jumped ahead where I wanted to say this, is that, I, 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 not to be redundant, but you recognize, and I need to recognize, that, that Daniel is a sinner that needs redemption. He needs a relationship with Jesus. He needs a relationship with God. Just like you and I need a relationship with Jesus because this is impossible to live this life apart from him and filled with his spirit to help us to recognize what sin is and to recognize that's not the way to go. This is a trap. This is a lie. This does not help me fall, uh, fall further after God, run harder and faster after God. Daniel did not give up or give in. He persevered and he was full of faith. And I would ask you the question, are you at this moment full of the faith that is yours by the grace and spirit of God? What I wanna sit there and say and do, for me personally, I'm just gonna give you my heart, Colossians 1.28 says that he presented everyone in Christ Jesus, he presented everyone mature in Christ. And the reason that we do what we do here at Northwest, and the reason that we get up here like Jerry and I get up here, our desire here is to be able to see that you're walking in the spirit of the living God and that you are mature in your faith in who he is. We get great encouragement when we take a look at Daniel and see him as a picture of faithfulness because here he is at 15. We saw him. Chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go into the fire. Daniel's sitting right there watching that whole thing take place. Come up to chapter six. Here we come up to chapter six and then all of a sudden he's 80 years old and they're kind of trying to find something to go against him. They don't find anything. Let that be an encouragement to you to give your life over to God and to the spirit of God and allow him to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Let faithfulness be a mark of our life. So there is a picture that we have. Another thing too is the fuel of faithfulness. The fuel of faithfulness found in verses 10 through 11. No, I'm just going to be completely real. Here's what's going on right now. So we're just going to summarize it for you right now. They basically come up and say, all right, for 30 days, Daniel, you can't pray. Nobody can pray. Nobody can pray to their God because this is a polytheistic culture. So you can pray to anybody, okay? So you can't pray to anybody but the king. That's the, de- that's the deal, The king signs the decree in order so if we find somebody that's praying to anybody but the king, then they go to the den of lions. Daniel sees the decree, sees that it is signed. He sees that it's signed. He understands the terms. He understands the ramifications. He understands what will take place if he bows down and he prays. And the Bible says in verse 10, it says this, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day. He prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. So here he is. He reads this decree. If you pray to anybody but the king, you're going to go into a pit with lions. Let me give you a little quick illustration right now. Barefoot Landing has a Bengal Tiger exhibit. Does everybody understand? You you know what I'm talking about? Barefoot Landing in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina has a Bengal Tiger exhibit. When I had a 12-month, excuse me, a 12-month-old and a 24-month-old, that's Andrew and Molly, they were in a red wagon. We were at Barefoot Landing on vacation. We had some friends with us. We were going down Barefoot Landing. We're taking the red wagon. We come across the Bengal Tiger exhibit. There's a bunch of people that are surrounded the Bengal Tiger exhibit. They're all over it. You can't even really see the tigers because there's so many faces that are looking on the glass and stuff like that. This Bengal tiger jumps off of the platform it was laying on, jumps down, and jumps up on the glass. Everybody parts ways and goes to the side. I'm back here because Andrew and Molly are getting a little restless, and I'm pulling the red wagon back and forth like this, back and forth, back and forth, all across barefoot landing, okay? All of a sudden, the entire crowd goes, They're following your wagon. The tiger is going crazy. Every time I looked up, the parting of this glass encasement. The people just went this way. The tiger is like down like this. And as I walked over here with my two, my two youngest children, only children at the time, he follows me. And I go over here and he follows me. I come closer to the glass and he jumps on the, the glass. Terrified. Okay? So when I sit here, I sit here. And really, honestly, an illustration to prove the point, to show you this right now. When I sit here and I think... That if you pray, if you pray to your God, you're going to be thrown into a den of lions. And Daniel, first thing he does is drop to his knees. First thing he does, first, excuse me, he opens the window towards Jerusalem, which is a representation that God has made a covenant with him. And he gets down on his knees, and the first thing comes out of his mouth is, Thank you, God. Says he gives thanks to God. And then here's the key, don't miss it. As he had done previously. And that was the fuel to his faithfulness. The fuel to his faithfulness is not, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble, so now I should pray. The, the, the key to his faithfulness was sitting here going, ha, 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 you know what? Because this is a rich, this is a real part of my life. I can read this statement and I can sit here and I can see that if I go into that, if if I'm thrown into that pit, you have no idea what my God is going to do because I'm walking with him, I talk with him, I hear with him, and my faithfulness is unwavered because I am full of who he is. That is impossible apart from the spirit of the living God. It is impossible. So windows open, down to the knees, give thanks as he had done previously. Does your prayer life fuel your life of faithfulness? Does the situation dictate your faithfulness? Daniel. Is so convinced as an 80 year old man that he looks at that decree. I don't think arrogantly, I think confidently. There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance is puffed up into who you think you are, confidence is in Jesus. Is I'm confident in the Jesus that's in me. And here he comes and he says, You don't know what he's gonna do, you don't know what he can do. I don't have all of the answers, but he prayed. As he previously had done. third thing that I want you to see is this right here, is the impact of faithfulness, the impact of faithfulness. I can tell you this right now that when I hear of someone who has been unfaithful, I can honestly tell you, that it makes me incredibly sad. It makes me upset, and it also serves as a warning. Because none of us are, are above that. And if we have a humble posture before the Lord, we must recognize and we must realize that it is us that could fall at any moment. So a week long, I'm preparing this message and I'm talking about faithfulness and the Lord's bringing people to my life. And then Friday, we had dinner with some friends. I Hadn't seen it in a long time. And they told me about my mentor at uh, in in seminary that he'd been involved in a sin for twenty years, and I just got to tell you something. It was hard for me to it's hard for me to come back into the conversation. It took me a, a long time to come back in. I I wrote a, I did a major project with this individual. I had no idea, and um, it. It hurt. It hurt. On the flip side of that, you know what I love? I love sitting down with someone who is running hard and fast after Jesus, and you see, man, their just faith and their joy in the Lord is overwhelming, and that happened on Wednesday. The Lord gave me two pictures of that this Wednesday. This Wednesday, I, I met with a guy for lunch, guy I've met with several times. Hadn't met with him for about a month, and so we just get together, we talk about... The, the church, the life, just what's going on, and all of a sudden, he starts talking, he starts talking, and I said, I I just need to stop it right now, I need to stop the conversation, and he said, what's going on? I said, you are different, and I said, I don't know how you're going to receive this or not, but I just got to tell you something, in Acts 4.12, it says, they realized they were uneducated and untrained. He said, are you telling me I'm stupid? No, (laughs) I said, they realized they were uneducated and untrained, but they had realized they had been with Jesus. And I just need you to know something right now. That the way you're talking and your faith right now is impacting and inspiring me. And I want to say thank you. And then you saw two grown men sitting at a table crying. <laughs> because God is so good and he's so real. And here's the deal, what I'm trying to tell you right now is that when the spirit of the living God comes in us and fills us up and gives us this thing called sustained faithfulness, not moments of faithfulness, but sustained faithfulness, then what happens is it can be a tremendous impact for the cause of Jesus while we're here. And I don't want to ever let you forget that the reason you're here is to really be about the mission of the living God. And when we're understand that our faithfulness can have such an impact. Let me, let me show you this right now. Here we have, let me just go, we have a pagan king that Daniel is serving under. This king looks at Daniel, wants to put him a governor of over people. The folks below him try to come up with this charge. They win. The decree is signed. The document is signed. Daniel's got to go to the lion's den. The king realizes he cannot change the document, or he'll lose face before his people. So look at the impact of this individual in the king's life. Look at verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words with much much distress, and set his mind to deliver Daniel, he labored till sundown to rescue him the king is trying to figure out a way how he can reverse the thing he signed. He's trying to figure out, how do I get him out of this? Why? I would submit to you because of Daniel's faithfulness. Had a tremendous impact on him. And keep looking at 16. What does 16 say? Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought to, the, to, the, to be cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God, here it is, I love this part, Whom you serve continually, deliver you. It was a statement. It wasn't a question. Maybe it was a prayer. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Verse 18 to 20, this is so beautiful. So what did the king do? The king went to his palace. He spent the night fasting, no food. No diversions were brought to him, no entertainment. And he slept, and slept fled from him. He didn't sleep. He didn't eat. He wasn't entertained. 19, here's what happens. In the break of day, the king arose and he went in haste. I, I went to seminary for this. That means he's running. Okay, he's running to the den of lions. As he came to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. This is, the, this is so beautiful. Then the king declared to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Servant of the living God. Please, please, don't miss that you do not serve a God that is dead. I want to live a life of faith in such a way that people know that I serve a living God, that he's not dead. That he is so active, that he is doing things, that he is saving people, that he's redeeming people, that he's bringing marriages back together, and he's healing people of cancer. And he's doing all of those things. And so, what I'm trying to say is what, we're, what we see is that this life of faithfulness can have, can be an impact to other folks. And I beg you and I plead you would you allow your life of faithfulness to impact those? around you. Number four. The reward of faithfulness. The reward of faithfulness. Verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. So Daniel, king comes to him, he's running in haste, and he calls out to him, and he says, O king, live forever. O king, live forever. He's humble, he's respectful. And this right here is pretty much one of the most beautiful three words I've ever seen in my life. It just jumped out at me this week. It's verse 22, and it says, My God sent. I hope you'll hold on to that this week. And I hope you'll wrestle with that, and I hope you'll never forget that. Because here's what he's saying right now, is Daniel is giving credit to where the rescue comes from. He's giving credit. He's being rewarded, but he's being rewarded because of God sending the angel to shut the mouths of the lions. There's plural. My God sent. And so here's what I want you to know this right now. I want to get real with you. There are some of you that are in here right now and you've heard the diagnosis of cancer or you've heard the diagnosis of I'm leaving you or you've heard the diagnosis of I don't whatever. You're fired, okay? You've heard the diagnosis and you've, you've been into what I would call a den of despair where you feel like that there are lions everywhere, And there are many of you that have been in that den and you have been delivered from that den. And I want to remind you right now to continue to praise God for that delivery. And don't forget where you were and don't forget where you are. But there are some of us right here, right now that are in a den, and the lions are going around, and we're thinking, how in the world am I going to get out of this den? I feel like the lions are going to consume me, and here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to recognize. You may not get delivered from that den, but ultimately speaking, you will get delivered from the great den of sin. Because here's what it says, in the the text says, my God sent. So in this situation, God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions and Daniel came out. But when we talk about the gospel, we look at it and we say, my God sent a savior. My God sent a savior. And we can never forget that. And so you might be sitting in here going, man, I am in the den. I don't see a way out. I am overcome. This is difficult. This is hard. I'm, I want you to see the city whose builder and maker is God. And one day, those who have faith in Jesus will go to that place. That is a reward for those who follow Jesus. So although you may not be delivered from this den when you want to, or when we, when we ask and we don't hear. I don't want you to ever, I don't want us to ever forget that the problems known as the lions in that den are on a leash. And the great God of creation, no matter how dark a turn your story has, has turned, that the God of creation is not outside the den, He's in the den through the Spirit of the living God to lift up your head. He goes to rescue Daniel. And a great picture is that Jesus was sent to rescue us, and Jesus sent His Spirit, God sent His Spirit to remind us, to indwell in us, and remember that the God inside us is better than the God beside us so that we could live lives that are marked by faith and fullness of faith and joy and strength and peace and goodness. So maybe, maybe the situation here is this, and I, I need to make sure that you understand this as well. I would love for us to all recognize that we might be in a place where we're in a den and it is dark and we, we're in despair, but the den was never meant for you to be in despair. The, the den was meant to draw you near, not to push you away. And maybe right now you're sitting there in that den or you might be going into the den and it's dark and you don't understand And, 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 and here's what I want us to do because I think the faithfulness of God gives, gives life to our faithfulness in him. When we are reminded of his faithfulness, the book of Lamentations is written by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is trying to get the Jerusalem people to live for him and they keep forgetting and they keep sinning and they keep not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so we have this whole book called Lamentations. Lament means to just, you're suffering, you're crying out to God. And so, Jeremiah comes off of the book, uh, Jeremiah, and then he comes into Lamentations, and he is writing, chapter one, he is just writing, and he is lamenting to God. Why won't they turn? Why, 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 this, 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 and chapter two, same thing. And then, all of a sudden, in chapter three, verse 21, it changes. It changes drastically. And here's how it changed. It changed because in the midst of sitting there in his despair, or his den, so to speak of lions he remembered the faithfulness of the one we serve and then he broke out into these words which leads us into one of the greatest hymns of all time that we're going to sing all stanzas here in a minute we, we let, let me read you this first it's on the screen i don't want you to forget this here's what it says He goes, but this I call to mind. So all of a sudden, he's got all of this stuff going on. He's crying out, why, why, why? Then all of a sudden, he comes up and he says, but this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. May your life be full of faith in him. May Lamentations, may Daniel be a reminder to you of staying this course, regardless of the situation or circumstance. And may your life be full of faith for the glory of God. Imagine what could happen if you and I lived like that and what our world would see. It would have a tremendous, tremendous impact. Not for us. It's not the name on the outside. It's the name of Jesus that we represent. It's the name of Jesus that we proclaim. And it is him that gives us his spirit so that we might, be, we might have a life that is full of faith. Let's pray. God, I love you and I thank you for who you are. You are so good. You are so great. There is no one like you. Let us remember what faithfulness is and what it is not. God, I come to you right now and I, as the band is getting ready and as we get ready to sing this beautiful hymn, Great is Your Faithfulness, I recognize, God, that it's incredibly important that in order to have a life full of faith, we first have to have faith. So Lord, I pray right now that if there's anybody in here in this place that has not said yes to you, that you will show them that you sent forth your son so that they might be saved. And right here, right now, sitting in their seat, may they call on you by faith and repentance. Jesus, save me. And I know, God, you'll answer that. So God, if there's anybody in here that is sitting in that situation, God, may you save them right here, right now. God, whatever the situation might be and whatever the den that we find ourselves in, let us realize that that lion that we see as attacking us is on a leash. Let us also never to forget that you were in there with us. We thank you, we love you. Let us live lives full of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.